0: Thessalonians chapter 5, we're going to start with verse 16. Now this is a famous verse, but I'm, a set of verses, but I'm hoping that we'll look at them in a new way today. It says, Rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Don't stifle the Spirit, don't despise prophecies, but test all things. Hold on to what is good and stay away from every kind of evil. You may be seated. Alex, if you want to play the video for us this morning.
1: Well, um, it has been an unprecedented year. Crazy. With all the, the... the stuff. Yeah. It's unprecedented how many times we've actually heard the word unprecedented. <laughs> Our dream vacation was canceled. You got to keep the job you don't like. Uh You know they can see you? Well, let me tell you all the no's, friends. Um, No going to restaurants, no movie theaters, no movie theater popcorn, no state parks, no going to athletic events, no church services, and no- Don't say it, don't. Hey kids, you've gotta be more careful with the toilet paper. This is all we have! All the drive-by birthday parties, graduations, (laughs) baby showers. I will say this, I felt a little awkward throwing out that baby shower gift in the front yard. You weren't supposed to do that. It just feels like a wasted year. I said it, I said it. There's just all the time at home. Boom! And all the time that we were made to spend together. Hey, honey! the heart to hearts. Mm. Goodness. Speaking of hearts, our son, Jason, right over there said yes to Jesus. Right at that kitchen table. July 17th, 2020. You know, I guess it's not really wasted time because God didn't waste a moment of it. (laughs) I think I have the answer to what I'm thankful for. Yeah? Yeah. What is it? Everything. Everything.
0: So if I were to sum up 2020 in one word, I'd say it stinks. What a stinky year in so many ways. Uh, This year has been, to some, it's been aggravating. Uh, To some, it's been just annoying. To some, it's been devastating this season. We've seen Uh, aggravations such as not being able to go to the movies or go to restaurants. We've seen annoyances of not having enough paper towels or toilet paper. We've seen annoyances with can't get your hand on Lysol. We're annoyed with having to wear masks and you know vacations getting cancelled. In fact, Kelly and I right now are supposed to be in Disney World uh, for our 25th wedding anniversary. Uh, It popped up on my calendar last night to remind me that that today was supposed to be our first day and we were supposed to fly out yesterday. Uh, so we've had annoyances, right? But then we've also had individuals that were devastated by things. We've had their businesses burned. We've seen lives lost. We've seen lives lost to disease, to, to pestilence. We've seen lives lost uh, by authorities and, and control over and, and, and authority over us. We've seen... You know, lives completely and utterly ruined through protesting riots. We've seen craziness this year, and now we have an election that the truth is we don't know who won. You got one side saying that they won and claiming victory, and you got the other side that says release the kraken, right? Who knows what's what's going on and what's happening? And all we know right now is is that the year's not over yet. We still got a month to go. And, uh, you know, as things continue to change, even in our church today, as you guys have seen, you know, in order to be able to have more than 25 people, we have to meet and to be able to continue to meet. uh, We have to have every other row marked off. We have to have every common area six feet spaces marked, which is the stupidest thing I've ever seen that I had to go down the middle aisle of the church and down the hallway and mark six foot Increments, but I had to because if someone sticks their head in the door and doesn't see the X's on the ground, or they don't see the signage in the front, we could get in big trouble, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and I appreciate everyone uh, who's you're going along with these changes, these annoyances. But the truth is, uh, God is still in control. Amen. And First Thessalonians chapter five, beginning with verse sixteen, is how you and I are to make it through this season. If we will look at verses 16 through 22, it'll help us to make it through this season and to make it through the next season and the season after that. If we will take its principles and apply it to our lives. So many times we hear the word preached and we read our devotions. But we never allow it to sink in and produce fruit. But if we will allow the word today to sink into our hearts and produce fruit, it will completely change our outlook. It has, should help us with our fear. It should help us with any loss that we've experienced. It should help us with any uncertainty that we're seeing in the world. It should help us see that when our leaders don't even, when they're contradicting each other, when they don't even really know what's going on, when they're flying by the seat of their pants, we can look at these verses and see that God is in control, and this is how you and I are supposed to cope in tough seasons. The first thing is we're commanded to always rejoice. Paul writes in another location, rejoice in the Lord. Again, I say rejoice. How do I rejoice in God in the midst of this type of pandemic and in the midst of the chaos and in the midst of all the things that have happened in the year 2020? The way that you rejoice is you remember who God is. You remember that he's all powerful and you remember that he's all knowing and you remember that he's all present. That's trial, as you remember that you serve the God, that you have a relationship with the God, that you love the God, and that God loves you, that is all-powerful.
1: Yes. Amen.
0: He's all-knowing. Amen. He knew about 2020. Two centuries ago.
1: He knew about 2020
0: two millennia ago. Yeah. He knew everything that was going to happen. He knew the annoyances. He knew the devastation. He knew the hurt. He knew the deaths. He knew how families were going to be affected. He knows right now what is going to continue to happen in 2020 and 2021. He already knows who the president's going to be come January. Yep.
1: That's
0: right. God knows it all. He's all-knowing. He already knows your situation. He knows your worries. He knows your doubts. He knows your fears. And because he knows what bothers me the most, and what I'm afraid of the most, and because he's all-powerful, and because he's ever-present, it's hard for me not to step off the stage, because he's ever-present, we can join. And knowing with all three of those things together, there's nothing that my God cannot do. He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. He'll never turn his back towards me. He'll never leave me alone. The Bible says that he will uphold you with his righteous right hand. The Bible says that when the enemy comes in like a flood, that he'll rise a standard against him. Why can we hold that true? Because God is all-powerful. God is all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present. And that's why we should rejoice. No matter what our eyes see, no matter what we feel, no matter what our circumstances tell us, we serve a concrete, never-changing God who was the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Yes. So I say rejoice. Again, I say rejoice.
1: Thank you, Lord. Because
0: of the God that you serve. The God that I serve. The God who loves you. The God who loves you so much that he laid down his life for you. Rejoice. When God, uh, in the book of Job, in the last chapter's, Job is kind of commiserated and his friends have been no help at all to him. In the last, uh, close to the last uh, the chapters of Job, God says, Job, I'm going to ask you some questions and I want some answers because Job had been going through quite the mess. He said, where were you mm-hmm. when I laid the cornerstone mm-hmm. of the earth? And did I need your opinion, this is Curtis's paraphrase by the way, did I need your help when I told the oceans they could only come so far? And when I put the stars with the sun and the moon in place, did I need your wisdom? Did I need your guidance? What he was saying to Job was this, is that Job, I'm in full sovereign control. And no matter what you see, I'm always in control and I always have a plan. It's like the A-team. I'm dating myself now. You ever watch the A-team? Oh, Hannibal, he always had a plan. God always has a plan. And unlike man, man has his things that he has purpose in his mind to do, but God's will will always be what comes to pass and in that you and i can rejoice we rejoice because christ died and rose again Mm -hmm. we rejoice because one day i'm going to be walking with him on streets of gold and one day i'm going to see my dad and i'm going to see my grandparents and one day i'm never going to be sick again don't worry about wearing the mask forever because someday there'll be no plague, someday there'll be no sickness someday there'll be no pain Someday there will be no death. Someday there will be no tears. That's what I rejoice in. I rejoice in tomorrow. Knowing that nothing can separate me from the inheritance that God has laid in heaven for me. The book of 1 Peter literally tells us that God has an inheritance waiting for you with your name on it. It's like a bank in a bank vault. And so in that vault there's an inheritance with your name. That's what I gotta look forward to. Yep. That's why Jesus said, "Don't lay your treasures in heaven, where moth and rust can destroy. But lay up your tre- or lay your treasures in earth. But lay up your treasures in heaven. Yes. Because here on earth, things decay and they get sick and they die and they're destroyed and they're stolen. Mm-hmm. But in heaven, in heaven, nothing decays and nothing dies and nothing's stolen. And that is what we." rejoice in. Yes. We rejoice in who our God is now and we rejoice that our God is ever changing. We rejoice in what he's done for us now and we rejoice in that our hope that is everlasting. It is a hope that does not disappoint. Uh-huh. That's rejoicing. Amen. Reminding ourselves of those things. He says then pray constantly. You want to make it through? bad circumstances, you want to make it through 2020, you want to make it through, you got to pray constantly and I have to tell you that there was a time in July and and, and the preceding month where I was struggling with prayer, I was depressed and I was upset and I was frustrated, not just with the pandemic and and having having to be locked in the house, but I was frustrated with other things going on in the world and things I was seeing on my job and, and, and things that I cannot share with you and I quit praying like I should and when you quit praying, mm-hmm. you quit communing with God, mm-hmm. then your thought life runs out of control. Yes. And things progressively get worse mm-hmm. and they cannot improve because you've cut off communication with the one who is all-powerful, all-knowing, and ever-present. Amen. The one who encourages our heart. The one that reminds us of everything that he's done and can do and will do. Mm -hmm. Prayer is such a critical priest. We are to pray constantly. Mm -hmm. Pray, as New King James Version says, pray without ceasing. That means I live a life of prayer. That doesn't mean I'm on my knees every day uh, for 24 hours a day or for every waking hour praying. It means my life reflects a life of prayer. It means that I'm constantly in touch with God. No sin is separating me from him. Mm -hmm. No, rebelliousness is separating me from Him. My thought life isn't separating me from Him. Right? My depression, my jealousies, my covetedness, any of those things, none of those are separating me from Him. That's a prayerful life. When you're in constant communion with God, so that any moment you can stop and call upon His name without having to list the 50 things that you're sorry for. Right Or listing all the thoughts or all the things you said, that you can be in constant communion with him to call upon His name at any time without guilt or shame. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes
0: That's what it means to pray without pray without ceasing. A life of prayer lived in prayer. That you are not separated from God, but you are constantly in communion with him. And that's the other thing. The Holy Spirit makes that possible. But when we cut ourselves off willingly through whatever that we're facing, then our hope is cut off. And I reached a very low place in July because I allowed my hope to be cut off. And I did something I never thought I would ever try to do because I allowed my hope to be cut off. Because I stopped praying. Because I was so focused on what was going on outside of these four walls and outside of my life and outside of my relationship with God that I allowed myself to stop praying. Oh, I prayed. Don't get me wrong. I prayed, but I didn't pray with power. And I didn't pray with conviction. In fact, I questioned God at every step of the way. There's a difference in praying and then praying. Like, I can, I I gotta tell you, I'm a terrible person to have a conversation with. One of the reasons is, is that my mind is always thinking about something else. It's one of my many weaknesses. And so I'm talking to you, and I'm looking at you, and I'm hearing you, but unless I really tune it in and force myself to look you in the eyes and really focus, my brain is thinking about what happened at work yesterday and what's going to happen tomorrow and what I'm going to preach on Sunday. and what I, I mean, seriously, that's just how my mind works. I'm thinking about everything else. I'm a terrible person to have a conversation with, and that's how my conversations with God were going. While I was moving my lips, I was worried about everything else. And I, I, my prayers were weak and they were anemic because my mind was chasing everything else. Unable to focus. If you ever have a conversation with me and you think I'm staring at you, it's really because I'm trying to make myself tune out all of the other thoughts that are going on. And I've gotten way better with that over the years, but I still am terrible with Kelly. In fact, yesterday, we were in the car, and I was looking, and we were having a conversation, and I was answering her, but I can't tell you what the conversation was about. Now, we were in communication, but was that really communication? Absolutely not. So we can talk to God without actually talking to God. This, our lives should be lives that are lives of prayer. So pray constantly. I cannot stress that enough from someone who was there and experienced what it's like to cut yourself off willingly because of circumstances. Pray constantly. Give thanks in everything. An ungrateful heart leads to bitterness and resentment and jealousies and it leads to a life of hurt and pain and anger. We need to have a grateful heart. We need to be thankful for what we do have. Right? Be thankful that you have three rolls of toilet paper because someone down the street may have none. Be thankful for what we do have. Be thankful that we can still congregate and come to church. But I will tell you this. I will take a stand and tell you. That if they tell us we have to shut our doors again, I will not shut the doors of the church again. I'll still be here to preach. And if anyone wants to be here with me, we'll be here together if you're willing to take the risk. Uh, because I'm not shutting the doors again. I'm not going to go through that time again of being apart from my brothers and sisters in Christ. And feeling like I couldn't see you or reach you or, or talk to you. So, But we should be grateful that we can enter into God's house. And that we can be with one another. And that we can pray together. And we can seek God together. We should be grateful for what is seen and unseen. Many times God is blessing us and we don't even see his blessing because we're so distracted by what we don't have. So we need to focus on having that good attitude of gratefulness. That we appreciate what God has already done. Mm -hmm. I lost sight of that in my life. So frustrated with everything that was happening. I forgot of all the good things. I mean, I had a granddaughter that just turned one years old. What was I thinking? I have three awesome boys that are incredibly handsome and look just like their dad. Well, Billy does it, but the other two do. Billy looks just like his mama, so he's beautiful.
1: Because
0: his mama's beautiful. Right? They, I have three handsome sons. Incredibly intelligent sons. Who God has blessed and God has given opportunities to. He's given me opportunities to allow me to stay employed in spite of everything. But you become inward focused and you think about what you don't have during these times. Right? Instead of thinking about the fact that I could get up and walk downstairs in my PJs, log on to work, and work my hours, I thought, why can't I go out and get McDonald's? You know what I'm saying? I, I began to take for granted what I had, and missing what I didn't have, when I what I didn't have isn't anything that I needed. Mm-hmm. Still had food, still had groceries, still have my beautiful bride at home, still have my kids, still have my grandbaby, will still get to see her, still have my mama, mm-hmm. I still have my home, I was still employed, Kelly was still employed, but when you allow yourself to be swamped with with, with and consumed by a an attitude that is not grateful. It will consume you. Mm-hmm. And you will only see the black and you will never see the white. You'll only see the negative. You will never see the positive. And there are positive things that have happened through this.
1: Yeah, that is
0: true. I can name positive things that have happened in this church through this. People saved. People that... I've been praying for for years, saved. People I've been praying for for years, returning to Christ with their families. People, I'm I'm telling you, you know, just amazing what God has done. And I can't wait to see what God is going to continue to do. If we'll remain faithful and preach His word. If we'll remain faithful and share His love and His grace and His mercy we got to remain grateful. And if you're grateful, you can be faithful.
1: Yeah.
0: But when you let go of your gratefulness, you also lose your faithfulness. That's
1: That's
0: good. If you're grateful, you'll be faithful. Mm. You can tweet that, Billy, if you're on Twitter. Mm. All right. You can notes. take credit. You can take credit for it, too. <laughs> Give thanks because this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. In critical, verse 19, don't stifle the Spirit. Don't quench the Holy Spirit. Don't stop His work in your life through an attitude, bad attitudes, through anger, through bitterness, through jealousies, through contempt. Right? We don't want to quench the power of the Holy Spirit in us to use us because we allow those things to overcome us. I have to tell you that during that time, I was not myself. I remember Nancy saying to me, what is wrong with you? She was right. Something's not right with you. And something was wrong. Something was wrong because I was allowing Circumstances, and I was allowing my thought life to go out of control and my ungratefulness and all of these things to quench the spirit. Mm-hmm. Why? Because when you're ungrateful, you're calling God a liar. Wow. And when we don't have faith, we're calling God a liar. Wow. Right? And it says in the Bible, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So if I don't have faith that God is in control, if I don't have faith that God has the best plan and purpose for my life, if I don't have faith in God, then I cannot please God. And if I cannot please God, guess what I've done? I've quenched the Spirit living inside of me. See, the Holy Spirit is a person who dwells in you, and it's possible to offend Him. It's possible to offend the Holy Spirit. And what I mean is, where we Sin in our bodies, we offend the spirit. We quench the spirit. God cannot operate in a vessel that is overcome by its own emotions, that is overcome with ungratefulness, that's overcome in a prayerless life, a faithless life. And so you and I, through the first things, rejoicing, praying without ceasing, being grateful. That will ensure that we don't quench the Spirit. It'll keep us from quenching Him because of ungratefulness, because of rebelliousness, for anything. We won't be able to quench the Spirit because we're rejoicing, because we're praying, and because we're grateful. Don't quench the Spirit. The Spirit is our lifeline. That's why Paul wrote, I believe, in Romans chapter 12, that when we can't pray for ourselves, the Spirit prays for us. He is our intercessor. When I'm in so much pain and I hurt, he'll pray for me if I can't pray and speak the words myself. And groanings that cannot be understood, that means laying on my face, crying. God, those tears are prayers being translated by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. My groaning, my pain, going what I cannot articulate with my mouth is being presented by the Holy Spirit to God, or to God by the Holy Spirit on my behalf. So it's critical that we don't offend him mm-hmm. and quench him and stifle his work in our lives. Let us not stifle the work of, our whole, of the Holy Spirit in our lives, even in these trying times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't allow worry and fear and doubt to quench the Holy Spirit, to stifle the Holy Spirit working in us. Yeah. He says, don't despise prophecies, but test all things. Prophecy can be two things. Prophecy is both forthtelling and foretelling. Forthtelling is what I'm doing today reading God's word and, and expository preaching on God's word. That's forthtelling. That's taking what God has already said and relaying it to somebody else and then and, 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 and preaching on it or reading it. That's forth, uh, uh, forthtelling. But then the second aspect of prophecy is foretelling. Foretelling is where God reveals something to someone that was not known before about a future event. Mm-hmm. All right? We cannot stifle. We must ex- keep our eyes focused on God's word and listening to God's anointed people.
1: Yes.
0: But he also says, but test all things. So for someone to say thus saith the Lord and God didn't say it, that person is in danger of the fires of hell. Mm -hmm. I didn't say that. The Bible says that. Mm -hmm. So if someone says God said something but God didn't say it, God takes that very seriously for people who speak for him but he didn't actually talk to them first. Mm -hmm. So in these days we've got to watch for false prophets. My job isn't today to tell you uh, all the false prophets that I believe are out there. My job is to tell you: is you take anything that any man tells you, and you look at God's word, and you make sure it lines up. And if anything any man tells you does not line up with God's word, then you know they're a okay. liar. Whatever they say about now or tomorrow, if it doesn't line up with God's word, then it's a lie. Yeah. So we gotta test the spirit. We gotta test God's word. What I mean by that is get in there and apply it to your life and watch it work. Yeah. Right? Get in his word and read it every day and meditate on it and devote yourself to the meditation and the reading of his word and allow his word to work in you. I know it sounds, it, it, its what's the right word? It, it's preached on all the time and it's made to sound like it's so easy and we kind of sigh and we go, oh, I've heard that one 150 times before, especially if you've been in church a long length of time. But I can tell you that most people who sigh aren't actually in their word. Yeah. Get in your word. Read it every day. Do study every day. Do devotions every day. But when you do a devotion, don't just read what man has to say about God's word but read God's word. The Holy Spirit will bring that to remembrance to you in times so very tough and yes. dreary. Amen. It was God's word that saved me on July 10th, 2020. When I was in the, the darkest of spots, it was God's word that saved me through someone who sent me a message at two o'clock in the morning and God had mercy on me. It's God's Word that can change lives. It is God's Word that can change hearts. It is God's Word that changes circumstances and changes our point of view. It's God's Word. But if I don't ever put God's Word in my heart, then it can never make its way to my brain so that it affects the way that I live my life. For out of the abundance of the heart flows what's really inside of a man. Let me fill my heart with God's Word. And not with everything else. How critical God's word is to us. And seasoned like this. To remind us of his faithfulness. That he's more faithful to me than I've been faithful to him. Mm -hmm. To remind me of all of his promises. That Jesus come and this world stinks. But he's overcome the world. Amen. That he's come to give us life and an abundant life. That he's gone to prepare a place for us. And if he's gone to prepare a place for us, that means someday he's coming again. Mm -hmm. That he's the resurrection and the life. And because he lives, I also will live again. Right? Those are the promises that are right here in his word. That we need to commit to our minds and our memories so that in circumstances like this, the Holy Spirit can prick it in the back of our head. Uh-huh. Hey, buddy, you just read this. Read His Word. If you don't know where to start, start. I uh, start with uh, like Matthew. You know, start with John. Just start somewhere. Don't keep putting it off. Start with John and then read the, all the way through to the end. But start somewhere. Start somewhere. I know I actually have enjoyed reading, going back through and reading Genesis, Exodus, uh, not Numbers. I hate numbers. Genesis, (laughs) Exodus, and Deuteronomy. Numbers is like I just plow through it because I have to. Uh, So and so we got so-and-so, but even but start somewhere and put his word in your heart. Hold on to what is good. Remind yourself daily of what is good.
1: Yes. Turn off the news. Amen.
0: If social media is causing you to be angry and frustrated all the time, shut it down.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Get off of it. Get off of Facebook. Get off of Twitter. Twitter is a cesspool, and Facebook is starting to become like Twitter. They're cesspools, and you can easily get pulled down into it. Because for every positive, there's 20 negatives. Right? For every good thing that you see, there's a bunch of horrible things. Where people are posting news and all kinds of inappropriate things on Facebook that we as Christians honestly should not be looking at. And I'm talking to myself if Facebook keeps you tore up, shut it down. If the news keeps you tore up, okay. turn it off. Yep. Turn off Fox News. Turn off CNN. Turn off MSNBC. Turn off all those news networks. Turn them off. Now, look, some people say, well, you've got to stay in the know. I do understand that. Uh, but if it is causing you to live a life of defeat, turn it off. Yes, sir. I'd rather not know than live a life of defeat. I'll take what God knows. Because here's the truth. God already knows who the president's gonna be, yeah. and he already knows what's gonna to happen tomorrow, mm-hmm. and he holds tomorrow in our hand, and that's why he says we have enough worry for today that we don't need to worry about tomorrow, too. Right? Yeah. Yeah. We stay away from it, turn it off, block it if it's making you miserable, fill your time with something that is good.
1: Mm-hmm. The
0: Bible says, stay on. Whatever is good and pure. Turn off everything that's negative and impure that's feeding our hearts and our minds. Think on what is good and it will help you through. And last but not least, stay away from every kind of evil. Stay away from every kind of evil. The thing that separates us from God the fastest is sin. Mm-hmm. That is the one thing that will immediately separate you from God and hurt your relationship with Him.
1: Yep.
0: Is unconfessed sin. Mm-hmm. Sin that is habitual will erode the closest that you have to Him. Mm-hmm. Because God, he, he doesn't want to be around sin. He doesn't like rebelliousness. And he wants us to live in harmony in it. As Peter said, be holy, for I am holy. Live set apart. So stay away from sin. And let me put this out here. I love J. Vernon McGee said something like this. He said, and if you're questioning yourself if it's sin or not, err on the caution of it being sin right. and stay away from it. Right. So if it's, if it, stay away from all sin. I believe the New King James verse says, stay away from all appearance of evil. Mm-hmm. Stay away from places. Stay away from places that cause you to sin and your thought life. Because that's where sin starts. In fact, that's what James teaches us is it starts here and it goes here. And ultimately you give birth to sin and sin leads to death. That's what the book of James teaches us. But it starts here. Stay away from those things that, are, that, that cause sin to pop up in your thought life. TV shows, people, Amen. places, things. Stay away. You do those things that we've talked about this morning and you will overcome.
1: Amen.
0: Guaranteed, you will overcome. While everyone else is panicking and freaking out, while everyone else is worried, while everyone else is fighting and bickering about politics and who the next president is and who's better Biden or Trump or Harris or Pence while they're fighting about vaccines and they're fighting about this and fighting about that, you stay calm in the truth of God's word because you're rejoicing and you're grateful and because Amen. you're faking on the good things, right? Amen. And because you are you're staying away from the bad things and you can stay above the fray. We're all in this world, but we're not of this world. And this world sometimes gets on us and we got to get it off.
1: Amen. Amen. Amen,
0: Don't allow what's happening to get on you. Stay out of the political talk. Don't argue with your father, brother, sisters in Christ. Just stop the conversation.
1: Amen.
0: It's not worth it to lose your peace over. That's right. That's what I had to learn. It's not worth it to lose my peace and my joy trying to convince you why you're wrong and why I'm right. Amen. It ain't worth it in the eternal scheme of things. That's right. So if you take verses 16 through 22, and apply it to your life. It will change your life. Let us stand. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that you enjoyed it and were blessed by it. Each month we have people from all over the world who listen to the messages made available. If you've been blessed by this ministry, would you consider making a donation of any amount to help support us as we continue to reach the loss for Christ? Donations can be made online at www.reviveoc.org or by check at Revive Outreach Church, 411 Chatham Heights Road, Suite 101, Fredericksburg, Virginia 224. Thank you for your prayers and your continued support. May God richly bless you.